Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to the post-game podcast on the Blood Red Channel, courtesy of the Liverpool Echo. I'm your host, Patrick Smith, and you join me after Liverpool are held to a goalless draw by Chelsea at Stamford Bridge in the Premier League. There's now been almost eight hours of football between the two sides without a goal, and it was a pretty uninspiring evening from the Reds. Well, needless to say, a point is a point, and there's plenty of reaction to get stuck into, so let's get straight into that, shall we? Up first, we've got the Liverpool Echo's Paul Gorse from the press box, followed by Jürgen Klopp's press conference, and then the thoughts of the travelling Liverpool supporters. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Liverpool have dropped down to eighth in the Premier League after a goalless draw here at Stamford Bridge against Chelsea this evening. It's now 465 minutes since either team scored a goal against each other. Uh, of course, two cup finals last season, the Caramel Cup final and the FA Cup final. Uh, the 0-0 draw at uh, Anfield in January and of course this one to follow it up uh, the last goal that was scored uh, of any goal between these two teams with Christian Pulisic in injury time of the 2-2 draw in January of last year so uh, neither team able to break the deadlock down in fairness uh, neither team really deserved to uh, Chelsea missed a number of um, built-in chances but uh, kind of sums up the way their fortunes have been in late, they uh, simply can't buy a goal for all the money that they have spent in the last two transfer windows. On the top only, Liverpool's struggles go on. Uh, Diogo Jota started on the right of the front three, Darwin Nunes on, on the left. And Roberto Firmino led the line as Jürgen Klopp made as many as six changes from Saturday's dismal 4-1 defeat at Manchester City. And it was... Uh, uh, he said pre-match that he was looking to give uh, chances uh, to a number of fringe players after uh, what had been a slightly... Um, Pathetic second half collapse at Aston Villa against City. Uh, Curtis Jones was given just his second Premier League start of the season, only his third in total on his first since October. Um, he did okay, probably about as well as can be expected for someone who's played so little minutes this season. Jordan Henderson played alongside Fabinho, um, and a little bit of a mixture back four with Costa Simicas on the left, Joe Gomez on the right in place of Trent Alexander Arnold, and Ibrahim Canate and Joe, uh, excuse me, Joe Matter. As a few centre backs. Uh, Liverpool uh, didn't really create too much. Fabinho uh, had a uh, really good chance at the end of the first half. Wesley Fofana getting in the way of that. Um, Joe Gomez at the end of his eight year wait for the Liverpool goal, but it's a decent save from Kepa and Rizabalaga in the second half. Uh, there was even less to write all about in terms of the chances for Liverpool. Uh, Matteo Kovacic missed Chelsea's best chance after going through. Uh, Kai Havertz thought he'd scored. Uh, that was uh, eventually ruled out for a handball after the shot of the initiative being saved by Alison Becker. 
uh, and that was about it. In all honesty, uh, dismal, um, pretty ordinary performance from the Reds. Uh, dug in, to be fair, a um, little bit of a response from Saturday's four on the future Manchester City. Klopp said as much after the game. He said that uh, when you when you your confidence levels are so low and you're so out of form you have to kind of build yourself back up and in fairness that's probably a fair reflection uh, than too many people would expect from Liverpool to absolutely fly out of the trap here at the Bridge tonight but they have at least picked up a point on the road at um, a three game week that many have called season the final uh, so far they've got one point from six and we believe there's Arsenal to come on um, Sunday afternoon it's for Sunday of course that is now a huge game even if Liverpool win it it still leaves their top four hopes uh, hanging by a thread that has to be shed. And um, the difficulty now for Liverpool is uh, how much do they uh, really go for it in the final ten games? Um, should they sail too close to the sun and come up short? Um, it's a little bit of a difficult one next season with uh, the Europa League. A little bit of a booby prize at a time when Liverpool will be looking to significantly re-up um, both of the midfield options in the summer and go again. But, um, we shall see. It's a really difficult season for Liverpool. It's not really getting any easier. It's um, heading into the final uh, ten games now, and Liverpool are still uh, nowhere near where they would like to be, or even where they have to be. Have to be at this point inside the top four. Finished here. Stamford Bridge. Uh, Chelsea nil. Liverpool nil. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Good. It's an away game. Um, this was not uh, the most spectacular nil that I ever saw. I saw two of them, Liverpool, Chelsea, last year, the two finals. It was absolutely insane. Very similar teams, I would say. Um, completely different football because a different level of confidence for both teams. This was the fight we had to show tonight. This was uh, the way. We have to start again our development. We cannot now hope because we did a couple of things which were absolutely not, not like they should have been, um, that we fix it then overnight. So I decided to make six changes that is always against a good football team it can be a big problem. Three of them in the last line, which is obviously a, a real a real challenge for the players. And we could see in the first few minutes they went with their direct playing behind the last line. Yeah, we had we had a few problems there. Apart from that, um, they had their chances after we lost balls in moments where we just kind of lose balls. That's now a problem. We we keep a little bit. That's not good. But the recovery after that, the the desire to sort the situation, I liked. So um, yeah, no, no. Um, I said not a most spectacular one, but um, a step for us, a little step, but a step in the right direction. Oh, that's not a problem. I, I don't. It's like you can see, you know, and confidence sometimes just comes up again. So um, I don't expect us to to have no confidence, but I know that we have to for, put the, the hard work first. 
So it is not a situation where you go out with back heel and, and one tooth. So you have to fight through. And I know that uh, the people don't want to hear that anymore, but you cannot change that. Um, if somebody else would sit here, else would have to say the same. <laughs> you wouldn't start now with back uh, with bicycle kicks. Um, so I saw a really good attitude of my team tonight, and that's what I wanted to see. And that's what uh, this is the basis for the, the rest of the season. Both teams played 63 games last season. And yeah. So much is said about the schedule. Yeah. And then when both teams lose form, it's yeah. kind of ignored the schedule. How much was tonight's game a product of the schedule of not just last season, but post-COVID? I don't know. I'm not sure you can measure that really. But yes, last season was on the edge of being too much. That's clear. Um, and that's it pretty much. We, I think, yes, not a real explanation for it. It's an, more an observation, I would say. So obviously some teams struggle this year in a way where you, what you wouldn't have expected. Mainly teams perform maybe much better than last year, who teams who were not um, overperforming last year. Um, this year, who were not overperforming last year. Um, so, yeah, it's a little bit like that. But it, it, honestly, it's not that we are go for any excuses. It's already long ago. Yes, we had our problems, but we still could have done better, definitely. And um, that's something what we take really serious. But for, the, for now, again, it's not about finding big explanations or whatever. It's about um, putting the hard work in, and that's what the boys did tonight. And that's what I, I like about the game. So I said, it's not a game people will write books about, but um, it's a point for us, and it's one more than before. And I can easily live with that. And from here we go. Next game is Arsenal now. Um, don't know exactly where Arsenal was last year, but they are now obviously flying and incredible shape and play super football honestly that's really good to watch as well um, but we are there it's our it's a home game and our home record is not as bad as the away record so um means yeah i'm really looking forward to this game now because tonight i saw a step and that's what i wanted and now let's carry on good absolutely good curtis the good well um he until he lost power a little bit. Um, that's now completely normal. My lost. Oh, midfield was okay, but we lost them. If I think if you go back and look, all the chances Chelsea had was after we lose the ball in a moment where we cannot lose the ball. And it's not that the offensive player lose the ball. We win the ball in, in our. In, I'm not sure who, but the defender passed the ball just in their feet and the next ball is not to defend. It's just not if you lose these balls, there's no formation in the world. So there we have to improve. So, but again, step by step, tonight, as I really thought, we were much more compact in a lot of moments. We, we put much more pressure on the decisive player than we did in the last game, stuff like this. So now, different opponent, next game, different jobs to do, but we will find a way to cause them problems, and that's what you have to be. First and foremost, each development, each success starts with being difficult to beat, and we have to be difficult to beat again. If you are that, you build confidence. If you build confidence, you are much closer to the best self, and, um, and then we are in the moment. But that will not happen just like this. It is not possible without super hard work, and um, we will do that. Last one, Matt Lowe. Yeah, 
appreciate saying you're, you're taking steps, but in terms of goals for Thank the you. remainder of the season, um, yeah, we, do you still see there's an, an opportunity there for the top four? Is it closed off? I don't, I don't know if there's any change for, for that. We must win pretty much all the games, and the other teams above us must lose a lot of games. So I, I, that's not in our hands. I cannot say what can I say about that, but it's not important. If we would be only high on, motivated on the highest level, if, if somebody tells us, oh, we have a chance for top four, then if we are not fourth, then we will be. Then I want to be fifth. If we are not fifth, then we are going to be sixth. So that's what I want to be. And for that, we have to win football games, because at the moment, I don't even know where we are exactly. Eight, seven, nine, I, I don't know. It's not interesting. We have another, um, what is it, ten games um, to, to play, and the next one is Arsenal. No, not the other nine I'm not interested in, but the next one is Arsenal. So if we are difficult to beat against Arsenal, we can win this game. If not, Arsenal will just go over us. So, and then we will see, with one point, the steps, how I said, are not massive. If we win a football game, all of a sudden three points, for one game, wow, and things can look different. But from the moment, it's not about. We have we have no lack of goals or lack of where we want to end up. We know exactly we want to be as successful as possible. And, but that means for each weekend or for each midweek game, like today, we want to win it. I saw that tonight, and that's with that I'm fine. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Bye bye. The post game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Really difficult to watch Liverpool again tonight as it has been all season and a performance in keeping without it been throughout really poor. And I've mentioned this before, but I don't believe, and I'm really starting to believe this now, there's been a bigger drop-off in levels of performance. And I don't just mean results, I mean levels of performance from a side to a height which they got to last season when you think about what Liverpool could have achieved come the end of the season. And I was looking at the numbers before the game and an XG difference going from almost one XG in Liverpool's favour throughout last season to a situation where they now have an XG differential negatively of 0.17. And that would have got worse today, by the way, because they should have lost that game for me comfortably with the opportunities that Chelsea had. I don't think you can reiterate how big a concern that is and how just alarming it is. It really is alarming because to go to a negative XG from where Liverpool were, it's unheard of. It's unheard of in the numbers that I'm aware of anyway. And I wanted to touch on, we know there's numerous things wrong with Liverpool and we could talk about each and every one, I suppose, which would take a lot more of this podcast. But one thing I felt that I'd touch on today, because a lot's been made of Liverpool without the ball, and there's no doubt that without the ball, Liverpool are absolute shambles. No matter if you want to hurt them by going long, playing through midfield, any which way you want to try and hurt Liverpool getting into wide areas, for example, Liverpool succumb to basically a key moment in games. So I'm, I'm well aware that Liverpool are so poor without the ball. And I suppose my next point still ties into off the ball. But I wanted to touch on Liverpool on the ball 
because for me tonight and throughout the season, as I've mentioned constantly, I think it may even be a bigger problem than Liverpool when they're out of possession and the opposition have, have the ball and Liverpool has to defend because so many of Liverpool's issues come from when they actually are in possession and you could never have said that about Liverpool. And one thing I wanted to touch on first because it's sort of twofold, this one. The first one would be the individuals within Liverpool's side, technically, which allows them to not be as secure on the ball. So there's no question that Firmino, in his absolute prime throughout the years, has been magnificent at retaining the ball for Liverpool in the final third. Able to drop into areas and accept the ball under pressure from pressure from multiple sides and allow Liverpool to, to have a real focal point of attack and a pivot in attack almost. Which meant that when the ball went into the final third, they could then set up in the opposition half and have territory, gain territory on the opposition, circulate the ball in the final third and ring fence the opposition's defensive third. So that that was what he was so good at. Now, there's no doubt that's obviously dropped off and he doesn't play as much anymore. Now he's out of his, his prime, obviously. And then you had Sadio Mane, who, for all his qualities, was absolutely magnificent at retaining the ball under pressure. Now, that didn't matter if it was an elevated ball, whether it was a ball along the floor, whether it was playing wide with pressure from one side or drifting into the central areas and accepting the ball with pressure from multiple sides. A real, real elite player. And it give Liverpool an out ball so often. And almost a release of pressure when they knew they could hit Manny in that final third. Now, one thing I'd say about that was Liverpool found a solution to that at the back end of last season, though, in Luis Diaz, because he had such, or has, such a similar trait. It doesn't matter which direction or the elevation on the ball. He is able to contort his body, position his body in between the ball and defender. And again, accept the ball under pressure and allow Liverpool to, to sustain attacks. So there's no question that them players in the final third have been a loss. Firmino, because of a, obviously dropping his, his prime and the fact that he doesn't play enough. And obviously the other two players haven't been available because they've been released or wanted to go. Obviously there was no question about Manny in that situation. But obviously with Luis Diaz being injured. Now you look at the midfield section of the pitch. Genie Vijnaldum. Absolutely magnificent. We know he didn't progress the ball as much as you'd like from a central midfield player. But being able to accept the ball in lower areas in the first phase build-up or under pressure if he was accepted it higher. And again, allow Liverpool to release pressure, retain the ball and circulate attacks. We also look at Thiago. Fantastic. Similar traits. Different player because a much more progressive player. But similar traits again in, in being able to retain the ball. In fact, the best in the Premier League at accepting the ball under pressure, the statistics tell you, and being able to play play out under pressure. Simply not available enough. And then you have the positions of some of the players in Liverpool's midfield. So you actually look at James Milner, for example, or Jordan Henderson when they play as higher players in the in the attacking eight positions, if you like. These players cannot play beyond the ball. It's as simple as that. If you're playing Jordan Henderson now, I'm not going to go into Milner because obviously he's a squad player who I don't think should be operating in midfield for Liverpool. But if you're going to play Henderson, you have to play him behind the ball as a deeper player in that midfield where he's got the ability to see the game in front of him. He's got more time and space. 
when you play them in them higher areas where the pressure is greater from multiple sides and you've got less time and space to execute decisions, then there is no way he's going to be good enough for Liverpool to play in that role. And that has always always been the case with Jordan Henderson. You know, he was a great player for Liverpool when they nearly won the league under Brendan Rodgers as a transition player, able to win the ball back, able to steal possession. And the same was true about Klopp's side when they dominated territory and had a brilliantly organised pressing structure in which he could get dominate spaces. Obviously, that physicality is gone now. And with him now playing higher, with Liverpool having less of the ball and having to accept the ball in higher areas, he's just not simply good enough to be able to do that role. And for me, as a backup, deeper player, that is the future and should have been Henderson's last year and a half or so, without a shadow of a doubt. And I mean that as the absolute minimum. So what you've got is you've got Liverpool lacking individuals who are better at retaining the ball, but also the position of the players, which is causing Liverpool problems in the in players being asked to execute roles under pressure that they are simply not able to do. And the two go hand in hand in terms of the, the first phase build-up as well, because one of the problems Liverpool have had is that the opposition now know that Liverpool are going to give the ball back to them. So automatically their position is higher, which gives puts more pressure on the opposition, the Liverpool back line, to be able to find solutions in that first phase build-up to, to be able to bring the ball into midfield. And then also... The organisation of Liverpool's midfield and from a coaching sense needs to allow them the spaces and the movements to be able to receive the ball not as under as much pressure as they are currently facing. Because it isn't just an individual problem, this is a coaching problem as well. When you look at, for example, Brighton, because I'm not going to use Manchester City because they have obviously elite players in them areas, it's still, it's still the same, but when you look at Brighton, there's no way that Brighton have a squad of individually technically better players than Liverpool. But what they have is a magnificent coaching setup in the first phase build-up, which allows their players to be able to arrive in areas, the midfield and the, set, the, the forward players, where they have greater time and space. Because the first phase build-up allows them to overload, play through, and then they get higher players into overloaded positions to be able to create chances and cause real trouble to the opposition. Liverpool's coaching has been nowhere near good enough in the first phase build-up to allow that them situations to occur. And as much as Liverpool don't have elite players in that them sections of the pitch in that midfield area to accept the ball under pressure in the higher areas, the actual tactical blueprint or plan to be able to get them in areas where they would, would potentially have more time and space has just not been apparent. And it's so surprising to me. There's no bigger fan of Jürgen Klopp than me. There really isn't. He's been an elite tactical manager. But when I look at it and I try and understand how himself as an elite tactical manager and the coaching staff are not able to solve these problems, even with the, diff the, the obviously deficiencies of some players within the side, it's just really, really alarming to me. I mean, you look at Curtis Jones, for example, he's Liverpool's best player at retaining in midfield at retaining the ball in the final phase under pressure. Again, he just simply hasn't played enough. So... So that's my biggest problem from it. Why? And it's really hard to understand why, because you haven't got a tactical camera over every game and being able to see, you know, the patterns which Liverpool are trying to execute to be able to bring them into them areas and, and progress the ball. But the fact that the management staff do and still haven't got the plan to be able to come up with a solution really worries me for next season. Because Liverpool can have better players. They can buy individual technical technically better players to be able to accept the ball in them areas like Manchester City but 
they have to have an elite plan to be able to coach them into that final third. And as much as Manchester City have fantastic elite players are getting in them half spaces, you know, your De Bruyne's, your Gundhans, all these kind of players, the reason they're able to execute and the reason that they're able to play to such a level, if they had more limited time and space, they'd still find it difficult. The fact is they've got multiple lots of time and space because of the coaching plan which allows them to be in the final third. So poor performance today, but I thought that is just the one thing I would touch on because I think Liverpool, with possession, are an absolute danger to themselves and as big a problem as being when the opposition have the ball. Mike Holt from Go On The Match podcast with my review on a very boring and a very predictable Chelsea nil, Liverpool nil. Uh, um, yeah, I mean... What do you say about that? Where do you where do you even start? Um, expected, and I think that's the boring sort of element of it, isn't it? You know, we we expected, or I personally expected a a nil nil or a one one, or you know, both teams to cancel each other out. But to be honest, I don't even think both teams cancelled each other out. I think we just cancelled Chelsea out. Um, they were much better than us. Um, they had you know they had their opportunities. They obviously had a goal ruled out um, correctly as well, but they were they were just they were better than us on the day. Um, they had some great chances. Kovacic had a great chance um, to, to kill the game off. Um, and we didn't really have any clear cut ones, did we? I can only really remember two efforts on goal. One from Joe Gomez, who's never scored a goal for us, and there was an effort from Nunes in the second half. Apart from that, we didn't really look like doing much we sort of just turned up for the occasion um somehow we've come away with a point thankfully chelsea are in as much of a as a, a much of a state as we are um i was glad the Klopp changed the team um that he dropped a few heads i was glad that he did that um i think that was the correct thing to do so i think he got that one right um not to say that the people, you know, the players that came in performed amazing, which they didn't, but it was the correct thing to do given that the sort of mire that we're in at the moment. Um, we go through the team, Joe Gomez. Uh, I can't, I, I struggle to watch Joe Gomez now. I, I mean, I've never seen someone so questionable in possession of a football. Um, his decision making is questionable. Um, Centre backs, and I think centre backs did okay to be honest. You know, I think they were lucky for not one of them to get sent off to be the amount of fouls they committed. But I thought they they did all right. They did okay. They did a lot a lot better than I thought they would do together. Um, Simicas, I like Simicas, but he didn't really take his chance as much. He you know, he wasn't awful, but he didn't really take his chance as much tonight. Um, obviously he comes on but Robertson comes on and takes his place every time Robertson got the ball when he came on he gave it away genuinely I sat here and counted he gave the ball away five times when he came on uh, Fabino was a positive I actually thought he did okay I thought he did alright he looked a bit, bit better um, than he did in the City game legs wise um, I think he looked alright Henderson started the game well in the first half second half he looked exhausted um, he obviously had a little spat with Allison as well. To be honest, people are whinging about that, but I quite like seeing that because it just shows shows they care, doesn't it? Um, 
Curtis Jones, he did, he did all right in the first half, I thought. He was trying to link to play. Second half, he really dropped off his confidence, just dropped off. He looked like he wanted to be brought off, to be honest. Obviously, he goes with a front three of Darwin Nunes, Jota, and he goes with... Uh, this is this just goes to show how how blank my mind's gone in this game. <laughs> the front three is 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 actually escaping me. Obviously, he goes with Nunes on the left, doesn't he? Um, he struggled to struggle to get into the game in the first half. Second half, he came into it a little bit into his own. Um, but what I would say about that is that I'd rather see him in the nine a bit more. I think when Luis Diaz comes back into the fold, um, I would like to see him play a bit more in that nine position because I know he can play on the left and he can beat a man, but I'd just like to see it mixed up a bit. I'd like to see a bit a bit of his chaos um against the two centre halves of an opposition team. Um just just to just to mix it up and just to try something a little bit different. Um I think that would be beneficial for us. Um obviously he goes with uh Firmino who I was just think, forgetting about there um down the middle and Jotter on the other wing. Um, Jota did well first half um, and then obviously Gakpo comes into the game a bit later on struggled to get in the game you know he always was going to um, so I mean it, it's a tough one really isn't it because was it as bad as City? No not in my opinion um, you know defensively it, we didn't look as shambolic Attacking, you know, we looked better in the City game, which is mad to say because we lost 4-1. Tonight, attacking-wise, we looked awful. We, You know, we just didn't really show much. We didn't create much. We weren't brave enough. We looked scared to get beat, Um, essentially, is what I'm saying. Um, A nil-nil is... I think we've done well to get a nil-nil out of the game. I think Chelsea will feel a bit hard done to. Probably should have took their chances. Um, But we obviously go into the game at the weekends against... You know, high flying Arsenal. I I can't see us winning. Just you know, purely based on the games that we've played recently and the form that we're in, I struggle to see us winning. Um, and it's difficult to say. Will he bring back the likes of Trent into the fold, starting Robertson and starting Salah? Be interesting to see what his decision. You know, he probably will do that. Um. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a tough one at the moment, isn't it? It just feels like this season slowly petering out and we'll get to the end of the season and see what happens in the summer. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.